0: So today I'm reading the paper and uh, one of my, uh, one of the more interesting people from around here that everybody knows, everyone remembers her from her time at CHCH um, and now as a freelance reporter, Uh, I see her pop up in the paper again. Karen Cummings is back in the news and apparently the Mars thing is still going on. This is still a go. And now not only is it still a go, but Karen has made it to the, they started with 200,000 candidates to go to mars uh, on the mars one project now they're down to 100 candidates and 24 of them are going to go it's a one in four chance now for karen to make this happen uh she's always been out karen how are you tonight
1: i'm great isn't it awesome there's a one in four chance
0: if you could get those odds in a lottery every single person would take them
1: uh you know what i know I, why well, I, I know one thing for sure i'm gonna take them
0: Tell me, though, right off the bat, before we get to all this good stuff, there are still, and you know this, there are still so many people who say, you know what, this is is great, but this is never, ever, ever going to happen. It's just an ongoing story that is, you know, never going to actually take off, pardon the pun. What do you say to that?
1: Well, you know what, there's one thing that I've learned through my experience uh, with with the Mars One mission, and that that is that there are always going to be naysayers. There have always been naysayers, um, you know, at, at every point along the way throughout history, and there certainly are now, but I can tell you this. Whatever happens with the Mars One mission, it has been responsible for something that I think is absolutely amazing and groundbreaking. It has started a conversation that I honestly don't believe existed in the world three years ago. There's been such a shift in our consciousness in such a small span of time. People are actually wrapping their heads around the idea that this is possible, that it's desirable, that it's something that we should be doing. And, uh, you know, like I say, nobody was talking about this three years ago. Look at what's happened with Elon Musk and SpaceX in the last three years. Um, you know, he's landed a, a, a rocket vertically and perfectly, which is a game changer. It means that um, uh, equipment is going to be reusable, and that's a whole new ball game when it comes to budgets and the amount of money that uh, is going to be required um, to pull off a mission like this. So... I I don't know if you can call it a space race that that we've got on the go right now, but even NASA has come out to say that their vision of a mission to Mars is now one way. And up until Mars One, NASA was not saying that at all. So I think that it's, it's, It's been a huge, you know, an instigator. It's gotten this this race going, this conversation going that that I think is wonderful. It's just marvelous to see this happening.
0: You know, the funny thing about this, and I think maybe a big part of what's going on behind this, in addition to the questions about whether this can actually happen, is the thing that you've been dealing with from the very beginning of this, and that is you just said it. It's a one-way trip, and a lot of people say, you know, why would anyone want to do this? Why would anyone want to go knowing they are going to die either en route to Mars or on Mars.
1: Well, you know, Scott, we're all going to die. I mean, do do, do you want to die here or do you want to die somewhere else? Do you want to die somewhere that's, that's, you know, exciting, somewhere that is is pioneering? I mean, um, our ancestors faced a similar question 200 years ago. You know, they could have stayed where they were and they chose to get on a ship. And they have faith that there was something across the ocean that was waiting there for them in exactly the same way as all of the Mars 100 have faith that there is something waiting for us on Mars as well.
0: And to be fair, too, as well, uh, what I find really interesting about so many people making this comment is that Canadians, by a fair number, have just said they support physician-assisted suicide. So they're all okay with you deciding when and how you want to die. But if you want to do it in a spaceship, you're nuts.
1: Isn't that interesting? You know what? That had not even occurred to me. That's a fascinating analogy. Um, uh, I don't know how to respond. Um, I I guess I can only agree. If if Canadians, by and large, have uh, decided that they're in favour of that, why shouldn't they be in favour of uh, of, uh, the the six Canadians who have made it into the Mars 100, wanting to go to another planet? Um, You know, hopefully not to die, but if that's the way it turns out, um, you know, for them to be okay with that, I think is what what we would all like to see.
0: Well, you told the reporter today, because as I say, there was a story in the paper, I think it was a, a Toronto Star our story. The spec had it today. Uh, Here's your quote. Uh, People were laughing at me when I told them about it. Then when they realized I wasn't joking, they just thought I was crazy.
1: Absolutely. Are you crazy? No. Are you kidding me? Am I crazy? Of course not. I mean, did people ask Columbus if he was crazy? I bet they did. did. I bet they did. Exactly. They probably did. But what's the lesson that we learned from that all these years later? People who are willing to step outside the bounds of what is considered normal and proper. People who are willing to push the envelope, people who are willing to do something different, are very often um, ridiculed, are very often laughed at initially. And years later, um, you know, the the people who were laughing at them uh, eventually turn around and and realize that, um, you know, the the endeavor that they're involved in isn't uh, anything to be laughed at at all.
0: It is, as I said off the top, it is down from 200,000 applicants initially down to 100 with 24 that will ultimately, if this goes ahead, this will, that will ultimately be chosen to go. Are you shocked in any way that you're still in the mix? No. Why? Uh, I think- <laughs> because I just those I odds think- alone, I don't mean for any no. particular reason, Karen, just for those odds alone.
1: Well, I'll I'll tell you this. Of course, initially, I mean, we've spoken about this before. Initially, when it first happened, I was flabbergasted. Uh, It was at the end of 2013 that they narrowed it down from, um, initially they had more than 200,000 people show interest. So therefore, they went to the website, they clicked on it, they read about it. They had more than 4,000 people apply. And at the end of 2013, they narrowed it down to 1,058. And I opened an email one day on December 30th, and realized that I was one of them. At that point, I was completely flabbergasted, but but the best was yet to come, because um, uh, on Valentine's Day of last year, I opened another email and discovered that I was one of 100 people from around the world. And I'm telling you, on that day, I felt that I I... First of all, I was in disbelief, and after I got over the disbelief, I truly felt that I had won the lottery. And that is still the way I feel every single day.
0: You've actually spoken, I understand, to an awful lot of groups and an awful lot of people about this.
1: I love it. I love going out to talk to people about this, especially people who are enthusiastic about it, who are interested in it, who have some um, interest in space and in exploration and in in pushing the boundaries of, of, you know, uh, of human existence. You'd be amazed when you go out and talk to really young kids. I just talked to a group of kids who were um, uh, part of a homeschool group in Dundas last weekend. Uh, it was the kids and their, and their parents. It stuns me, the questions that come out of these four- and five- and six- and seven-year-old kids. They, they've really thought about it. They have amazing questions. They want to know what happens when you die on Mars. Will you need money on Mars? Will there be laws on Mars? I mean, all these really amazing questions that, you know, sometimes you wouldn't expect an adult to have come out of the mouths of these children. And what, what, what I love about it is that they are part of this amazing conversation that has begun. I mean, in three years... There are children's books being written about um, colonizing Mars in three years. Since all of this started, that blows my mind. And just to be a part of it, to be you know the person who gets to to uh, to witness all of this, to me that is the fun of it. Is going out and talking to people about it and and hearing their questions and. You know, I always tell them if I don't have the answer, uh, I'll do my best to find it for you.
0: Well, for all um, the time, Karen, for all the time you're putting into this, they better choose you. I mean, you've been their <laughs> best salesperson.
1: Well, you know what, Scott? i got to tell you. I have met probably 15 of the other Mars 100 um, at various conferences and various get-togethers that we've had. Every single one of those people is an amazing salesperson for the Mars One mission. They are fiercely intelligent people I, I can't emphasize that enough the depth of their knowledge and their skill sets there are astrophysicists engineers IT professionals um, uh, you know very diverse group lots of different professions um, architects um, um, uh, there's an FBI agent um, uh, who's part of it doctors lawyers there's such a wide um, diverse uh, group but they are all so And I am humbled to be in their company. I can tell you that. Um, Last summer, uh, I was at a conference in Washington, D.C. with a group of them. Uh, It was put on by something called the Mars Society, and it was all about, um, you know, obviously uh, colonizing Mars. And just to be in the same room with these people, listening to them talk about astrophysics and astronomy and the planets and the universe on such an amazing level It was such a privilege to to be, you know, more or less a fly on the wall, be part of that conversation. And, And that's another thing that really blows my mind, is not only to be somebody who gets the privilege of going out into the world and talking about this with people, but also as someone who has the privilege of talking with the other Mars 100 who are so knowledgeable about all of this. I'm telling you, each and every one of those people... Um, would be an asset on Mars. It would, it would be my honor to be on, on the planet Mars with any one of them. And, and that's what makes this, this um, continuing saga so exciting for me. It's, it's surreal on every single level.
0: The next step in this, I understand, is that testing, advanced testing is now going to be going on. And um, the, uh, the, the next step, they say, ca- candidates will be expected. You're going to get together with all the 100. Candidates will be expected to organize themselves into 10 groups of 10, balanced in representation by geography, gender, and age. They will have to demonstrate their capacity for teamwork and for playing a role in group formation and decision-making. Is that actually the Mars One thing, or are you guys playing Survivor?
1: Well, you know what? Um, initially, there was a lot of buzz that it was going to be more or less like a reality show, which was completely untrue. Um, these are very uh, real challenges. They're not staged. It's not going to be dramatized or hyped for TV. Um, they're serious challenges that are designed to gauge our ability to work together as teams, to solve problems, to communicate with each other, um, to be able to work like a, like a well-oiled machine is essentially what we have to be. And the, what's new this week, um, it, it, this news release they, they came out with a couple of days ago, um, is all about how they're organizing the, the last round of selection. That they are um, putting us, uh, sorry, not putting us, they're giving us the opportunity to select ourselves into one of ten teams. And um, as you say, it's, all, it's based on gender diversity, on um, geographic diversity, uh, on skill sets in some regard. So once we're in a team, we know that when we get the official word as to when this is going ahead, um, that will be our first uh, group to, to work with. And at the end of day one, this is going to go on for five days. At the end of day one, they're telling us that anywhere from 10 to 20 of us will be out. So it's, it's on a day-by-day basis, the group will shrink. And so our job is to work as a team at all costs. It is not about us, it's about the team. That is where our minds have to be every second of the time that we're there.
0: And I apologize for another pop culture reference, but when I read the description of the project, and I'm quoting, Mars One plans to establish inflatable pods with life support systems and units for growing food. There will be no launch facilities for a return trip to Earth. This, I, I, it sounds like the plot of the movie The Martian. It really does.
1: It's fabulous, isn't it?
0: you I assume you've seen that movie.
1: Well, you know what? I have to say, I was fortunate enough to be able to write uh, an article about The Martian for the Toronto Star and it was um, about the lessons that the movie had to teach me about my own survival on Mars. I thought it was a fabulous movie, and Matt Damon uh, did a spectacular job, as far as I'm concerned. Um, You know, what a great depiction of a man who is utterly alone on another planet. And, And, you know, the analogy there is the very first team of four astronauts that are slated to take off in the year 2026 Once we get there, and I say once we get there because my my goal is to be on the first crew, Um, once we get there, we are utterly alone. We will have gone through 10 years of training to prepare us every possible way for any eventuality there. We need medical training. We need dental training. We need to learn how to grow our own food hydroponically. We need engineering training, mechanics to be able to to, uh, repair things when they break down. Um, So we will have devoted 10 years of our lives to being each other's ultimate support system. It will be just like the movie The Martian.
0: I will say though that uh, it is very ironic in one way that um, on your Facebook page the photo you have the main photo is actually of Sandra Bullock in the movie Gravity. You know in that movie Gravity it actually goes wrong, right? <laughs> you know. I was looking at the picture. At I was looking at the picture going wrong it, movie. Well,
1: I was looking at it more from a pop culture point of view because <laughs> I love Sandra Bullock and I thought she looked really cool in her space suit.
0: Yeah, um, no, it, it, you know, it is.
1: you point that out, maybe I should change my picture to Matt Damon.
0: I think, you know, he got home safely. I don't want to, I'm spo- spoiler <laughs> alert, but um, Karen, one last thing. We just have a minute or so left. If it turns out that, you know what, this thing doesn't ever get off the ground. And I mean, I suppose there's always that possibility. If, if this thing just doesn't go and, you know, in the end it sort of just fritters out, Will you look back and will you feel embarrassed that you had been so enthusiastic? Or will you you be saying, you know what? No, I I took a chance and great. It was exciting. Are you kidding me?
1: This, I mean, I will say it again. I feel every day that I have won the lottery regardless of what happens. And I truly believe in my heart of hearts that at some point along the way years from now, I will be talking to you from the surface of Mars.
0: That would be awesome.
1: Regardless.
0: That would be awesome.
1: You know, hypothetically, if we were were to say that, you know, it doesn't go ahead. Look at what it has done to the trajectory of history. It has gotten people talking in a serious way about colonizing another planet. Um, I don't think that's ever happened before. I mean, you and I grew up during um, the the whole Apollo uh, missions, and, and it was all about the moon. Ever since that, then I mean, I think I think we've been waiting for something like this, mm. and this is it.
0: It is. Uh, I look forward to the ability to have that interview with you from Mars. Although I got to say, you've been in the journalism business and the broadcast business a long time. Doing the interview with that kind of delay is going to be tough.
1: You know what? Here's the deal <laughs> in ten years. We're hoping that the delay is going to actually um, shrink. Right now, they're telling us it'll be anywhere from three to twenty-two minutes. But in ten years' time, they will have had a lot of time to work on technology, and you never know. There actually might not be any delay at all.
0: That would make it a lot easier.
1: Of picking up your cell phone and, and uh, you know giving me a call.
0: That would be a lot easier. Hey, listen, Karen, coming. Always appreciate having you on. Thanks for doing this again tonight. And listen, we'll we'll, we'll be in touch with you again as this thing moves forward. Hopefully. That 100 is not the last step. Hopefully it's down to the 24 for you. Oh,
1: there is no hopefully about it, my friend. I will be in the 24.
0: Fantastic. We will talk to you when that happens.
1: You betcha. Thank you so much, Scott.